I'm Sarah Chilton, a partner at employment and partnership law specialist law firm CM Murray, and I'm here with Wanu Sanda, an associate solicitor in the firm, and this is a CM Murray podcast. Hi, thanks for joining us. On this podcast, we're going to talk to you about sexual harassment in the workplace, which has been a very topical issue that's received a huge amount of media attention in the last few weeks. This is down to things like the Harvey Weinstein scandal, um, which covered the film industry with loads of women coming out accusing him of sexual harassment. More recently, we've had some accusations coming out of Westminster about certain MPs and their alleged misconduct with their staff, including leading to some staff members, female members, setting up a WhatsApp group to warn other staff members about MPs who have been particularly sexually inappropriate. In one case, a assistant being asked by an MP to go and purchase sex toys for him. So, Sarah, why do you think this has become such a big issue? I think it's always, obviously always been an issue, I, I think. It's just that at the moment people feel more comfortable about coming forward and speaking about it. But I think in some industries, and it's not unique to any particular industry, but in some workplaces, these things can happen more easily where there is a particular power imbalance. For example, a senior male member of staff um, really holds the power over a more junior female member of staff's career. And that can allow these sorts of situations to develop. Um, I think as well, particularly if we look at things like the uh, Parliament and Hollywood, often these people are working long hours, unsociable hours, and sometimes there's an element of some of those people not working and living in the same place, so they might be working away from home, and I think that can also um, contribute to this kind of behaviour. But I also think one of the key things is, and it comes back to the power imbalance issue, it's quite difficult often for people to speak up. And Mm. I think often people say, well, why did no one report that sooner? Well, that's a very difficult situation to be in if you are in a position whereby your career is really being held in the hands of someone else and that very person is the person who is sexually harassing you it's a very difficult situation to know whether you should or shouldn't speak up knowing that if you do that might have a huge impact on your career obviously we do have laws to protect people in this situation so victims of sexual harassment or sexual assault for example could be protected protected by Um, sex discrimination legislation, victimisation legislation and harassment legislation. Um, But in some of these cases, what we found coming out in the media is that the people being accused are denying the harassment. From their point of view, they may not think what they have done is serious. Now, from that perspective, it's important to realise that the definition legally of what harassment is doesn't require it to be particularly you know serious in the sense of what someone might immediately think was harassment pursuing someone for days knocking on their door or you know touching them inappropriately of course it covers all those things but it would also cover any unwanted conduct at all related to sex which has the purpose or effect of violating your dignity or creating an intimidating hostile degrading humiliating or offensive environment and that could be a whole range of things that could even be you know two colleagues sat in an office overhearing another set of colleagues talking in a derogatory way about the female sex for example 
Um, the, the key point here as well is that unwanted does not necessarily mean that you have to record your objection. It just has to be unwelcome or uninvited. And you can imagine that would encompass a lot of behaviours that we unfortunately or probably regularly see in the workplace. So Sarah, how best would you advise someone to report behaviour like this if they are a victim of sexual assault or, or harassment? Well, most employers should have a grievance process and often a harassment and bullying process as well in place. So the first place to start would be to look at those policies and see what they say. Um, and ideally, if you can follow those policies, then, then in theory, the matter should be dealt with properly. And in fact, this is one thing that's come out in the issues to do with MPs is that they don't necessarily have an appropriate grievance process in place. And at the moment, it's non-contractual and there's been calls for that to be contractual. Um, we discuss in our podcast on grievance processes um, a, a little bit more detail about how grievances work and where in harassment cases they can be useful. So please listen to that podcast if you want more information about grievances and how they operate in the context of harassment. But of course, it's not only when the employee reports the harassment that the employer might be under an obligation to do something about it. The question as to whether an employer knew or didn't know that there might be a likelihood of harassment taking place has become particularly relevant in light of the Harvey Weinstein allegations in which it has been reported that his contract contained a clause where if he or rather the company were sued by say an employee he agreed to pay a specific sum of damages to the company in respect of that potential claim so that brings about the question as to the extent to which the company had knowledge of the likelihood of harassment and therefore whether or not they took any reasonable steps to prevent that harassment so one what can an employer do if they suspect there might be harassment but potentially no employees want to come forward well, it's a very difficult area because sometimes victims don't want to come forward um, because of the reasons that we spoke about earlier or because they feel that if they do, um, then they don't want their employer to do much about it because they might be scared of reprisals. Um, and really what an employer needs to be aware of is that not only do they have obligations to that individual victim, um, they also have obligations to the wider workforce population for example, they may have obligations of the duty of care and health and safety obligations um, to ensure things like having a safe system of work for all employees. And that could include protection from known potential sexual harassment and sexual assault perpetrators. There is also a term implied into every contract called the mutual trust and confidence term. What that is, is it's a requirement for employers to conduct themselves in such a way that they do not do something so serious that it destroys the trust and confidence really between the employer and the employee. And actually it's not a big stretch of the imagination to think that if an employer knows about a potential alleged predator or a sexual harasser in the workplace and hasn't really done anything about it, they are breaching that term of mutual trust and confidence. Now in any event, all employers could potentially be vicariously liable, which means that they almost take a step into the shoes of the harasser for that harasser's behaviour. 
Um, and the only way that they could defend against that is if they take reasonable steps to prevent the harassment. And so it's really important for employers to make sure they do things like provide training on equality and diversity and also implementing policies that are updated regularly and effectively enforced. And of course, from the perspective of the person who wants to make a report, one thing that they should be aware of is that the employer or the harasser should not retaliate against them for making that report. So there are laws to protect people against that. Um, It either constitutes victimisation or potentially whistleblowing where that person reports a allegation of sexual harassment um, and what the law seeks to do is prevent that person being somehow victimised, whether that's um, by way of retaliation in terms of bullying or whether that's because they don't get a promotion or they don't get a pay rise because they've made a report. So the law seeks to prevent those sorts of things happening. We've obviously touched on a lot of different issues today in this podcast and there is a lot more information on our website www.cm-murray.com where you can go and find articles and videos about sexual harassment, grievance procedures, whistleblowing and lots of other employment issues. Um, So please check that out and thank you very much for listening.